It'll be at six o'clock. Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we are learning Maseches Ksubos Da Ayin Dalit. And we're starting about 12 lines up from the bottom of Ayin Gimel Amid Beis at the words Eisve. Just to review what it is that we're about to ask of Eisve on, but we're about to ask a question on. We started a sugya yesterday at the very bottom of Ayin Beis Amid Beis. This was a sugya where there was a machlokas between Rav and Shmuel. And on the last two lines of Ayin Beis Amid Beis, you'll see a brief encapsulation of this machlokas. We had seen there a case of a man who was Makadesh a woman with a tznai that she would have no nadarim. And then when she got when he finally married her, it was Stam. He didn't even talk about the nadarim. So Rav says that she is considered married and she needs a get, and Shmuel says that they're not. <laughs> so in that regard, Rabba had come along and said on Ayn Gimelam and Bez, Rabba had had this line that the Machlokas is only talking about uh, it's talking about a case of Taus uh, Shtei Nashim, but when we're only talking about one woman, there is no Machlokas. And that's where the Gemara picks up with a question on that opinion. Ayn Gimelam and Bez, 10, 12 lines from the bottom in the middle of the line. Eisve, hareni bo alayich, al-manashi yirtse abba. You got it? So a woman said, a man says to a woman, we're going to, we'll, we'll be married, we'll be intimate on the condition that your father approves. So says the Gemara, in the Tanoim. The Tanakama holds that even if the father of the bride is not interested in this relationship, the halacha is that with the Tanai that he said that they're still married. It's dependent on the father's Ratzon, like the Tanai said. You make a condition that it's based on the father, it depends on the father. So the condition is real. So says the Gemara, what do we see from here? <laughs> we see that this breaks the qualification that Rabbah made. Rabbah wanted to say that the only time there's a machlokas between Rabbah and Shmuel is when there's Tawshtei Nashim. Here we see that there's a machlokas about even one woman. So it says the Gemara, eight lines from the bottom. No, that case where a father, where a husband says to the, where, a, where the groom says to the bride, that's just a question. We don't understand what the father is being asked to do. Their machlokas is about the father. According to the first shita, when he says that it's on the condition that your father gives his opinion on the matter, what was the opinion we were looking for? That he should say nothing. And in fact, and therefore, according to the Tanakhama, they're married. But according to the other approach, he was expecting the father to verbally say yes, not just to be silent. And therefore, it'll, it depends on whether or not he actually says something. So that machlokas, while it is about one woman, it's not a problem to Rabba's understanding of Rav and Shmuel from yesterday, because that machlokas was about something else. It was about the understanding of what we expected of the father in that particular scenario. The Gemara asks another question. We have another question from Abraisa. The Chachamim agreed with Rabbi Eliezer in the following case. If there's a young girl whose father marries her off and then the young girl gets divorced. So then the halacha is that that girl is she's considered an orphan while the father is still alive. What does that mean? It means that the father is not allowed to, to uh, offer her up in marriage anymore. He's no longer the responsible party. So says the Gemara, if she remarries that first husband, they can only do chalitza, but they cannot do yibum. Why? Because when she got divorced from the from that husband, from this husband the first time, or when she got divorced from the husband, it was considered a full divorce. But but when she remarries this man, it's not considered to be 
a full marriage. Now, obviously, they're fully halachically married. What does the Gemara mean? Rashi explains that what they're talking about, we can take a look at Rashi. Rashi is the very, very bottom line of the page. The Dibura Maskal is Vein Chazarasa Gemura. Lachzor Lublios Eshes Achib Bamako Mitzvah Lihisyabe. So, yes, they're fully married, but not as it relates to the Mitzvah of Yibo. So, this is what the Brysis says. <coughs> Oy. Just means that there's no mitzvah of yibum. There's like a suffix of the mitzvah of yibum. That's why she does chalitza, but not yibum. So they're married. She remarries. She's married to Reuven. She divorces Reuven and she gets married again to Reuven. Then Reuven dies. So is there a mitzvah of yibum with Shimon, Reuven's brother? So the Gemara says that no, because when she remarries the same guy, yes, you're remarried to Reuven. It's true. And then Reuven died. The problem is that when you remarried Reuven, it's not the same as your initial marriage because that relationship that really should have led to Yibum, you were already divorced at that point. So the Gemara assumes under those circumstances that uh, and the Gemara continues in this when is this true? That's only true when Rachel is married to Ruvain and they are married, they get divorced and they remarried all while she's a Ketana. However, if if they got divorced when she was a Ketana and she got remarried to Ruvain when she was a Gedola, or or they got married when she was a Ketana and then she became a Gedola with him and then he died, in those cases, it could even be Yibum. This is a 100% marriage. <clears throat> so, that's what the Brisa says. And then uh, the last shita is Mishum Rabbi Eliezer Amru Even in those latter cases of the Brisa, he says that there needs to be Chalitza no Yimu. And what is unique about this case? Again, we're questioning Rabba's assertion that Shmuel and Ra, that Rab and Shmuel only argue in a particular case where it's Kishte Noshim. And it's not Kishte Noshim over here. So if it's over here, then why is there a machlokes in the Tanaim? The Gemara responds on nami They're also arguing about something else. They're not arguing about our case. Mar Savar. Adam According to one Tana, everybody knows that when you marry a Ketana, it is a halachically zero marriage. And therefore, when he's with her, when he's intimate, then and that's and that's a full marriage, even if the Kedushin was lacking. But if the Kedushin was the shame, if the Bia was the shame Kedushin, then they're married. Uh, the other shita holds it. No, not everybody knows that if you marry a katana, that there is no kiddushin. And if in fact they're intimate at that point, if the husband thought that they were taka married, then his intent would not be, it would be a die to the kiddushin or shonam kabal. They were already married and this, this tash mishamit is not the shame kiddushin. So that's what this machlokas <coughs> is. In the Bryce at the bottom of Ayin Gimel Amid So again, we tried to ask a question on Rabbi yet again, but uh, we weren't able to. You have a cough drop today? Of course you do. And a Band-Aid, I presume, but I don't need a Band-Aid right now. If anybody ever needs a Band-Aid, just ask Dr. Karish. Yeah, I can't remember why. All right, thank you very much. I hope this will last. I left my sucrets at home. I'm going to the doctor tomorrow to get me some uh, some coding. Uh... Yeah. What? I was hoping you could get the order for me. You got a week, you got a week to go. I know. I, this has been pestering for like weeks. It's very annoying. I know. Now it's go time. Now it's go time. With sucrets, I'm fine. But without, I'm. Uh, it's not so good. It's okay. I've done many a Rosh Hashanah with a sucret in my mouth, so it's fine. 
Anyways, the Gemara says uh, we're at a bit of a connected sugya, and that is as follows. Eight lines down on Ayantal and Amadalef, it's Marnami. We have a statement in the Amorim similar to what we learned. Amar Rabachabar Yaakov, Amar Rav Yochanan. Hamakadesh al-Tanai, Uva'al. If a person gets married on a particular set of conditions, and then Uva'al, and then he's intimate with her, really means that they get married. He holds that it's very clear in the Psaq world, because we're moving from Tanaim to Amorim now. He holds that it's very clear that she is halachically not married. Because by the Kedushan, there was a Tanai, but by the Bia, there was no Tanai. So therefore, we assume that the initial tznaim still do apply, and they should not be married. was the bar was the son of the sister of the previously named person. So there's two people in this story. Rav Acha bar Yaakov was the one who quoted Rav Yochanan, and Rav Acha of Ika is Rav Acha bar Yaakov's nephew. This is uh, his sister's son. So he raised a brisa, and this brisa is fascinating. It says the Gemara. If a person gets tricked into doing a chalitza, the halacha is that the chalitza is k'shera. What does it mean that the person did a chalitza mutas, that there was this misguided, misdirected chalitza? Imagine this case. The husband is such an amha'ar, it's the wife, they don't know anything. This guy is such an amha'ar, that you tell him, if you do chalitza, this is how you get married. It's like pixie dough. If you, if you say such a thing, but the person is such an amharet, he has no clue what chalitza is. Like we, we're amaratsim. Okay, let's just call it what we are. But once the shoe comes out, we know. We, we have like a flag. Like, okay, this is not kedushin. That much I know. And it looks like a chalitza shoe. So that's what the Gemara says. It, it, that's the case of what, what Rish Lakish calls a chalitza mutas. And seemingly the Bryce had said that that person is considered to be married. which uh, that, that person is considered to have a chalitza. So again, Let's say uh, let's Ruvain, it's, it's Shimon and Rachel, right? And Rachel and Shimon are going to do a chalitza. And they say, by the way, this is how you get married. He thought he was doing Yibo when he did chalitza. He didn't know. So the halach is the chalitza is kshera. Rav Yochanan pushes back strongly on Rish Lakish. Rav Yochanan, Ani Shone, I've already taught this before. I should say, I've already learned this. Even if only one of them had kavanah, either way, what are you talking about? How can it be that the chalitza mutas is a case where somebody says, uh, the way you get married is by spitting next to a shoe? How does that make the chalitza kosher? None of them had any intention to do chalitza. How can you say in such a case, Reish Lakish, that's hafla vafela? What a crazy svara. By the way, the Gemara doesn't explain Reish Lakish's perspective. It just stops and, and pivots now. But that for us should be, that's very weird. How did Reish Lakish ever get away with saying that a chalitza mutas like that is kshera? Ella says the Gemara, we're a third of the way down on Ayin Dal and Manal, Amr of Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, what really is a chalitza mutas? It's not that. It's not when somebody lies to you and says the way that you do kedushin is by doing chalitza. Rather, it is kol lo chalotzla al zuz. You do chalitza on the condition that there's 200 zuz. Okay, that's a, well, you're, you're doing chalitza and there's money involved. But the halacha is, even if the money, even if, even if that condition isn't fulfilled, the halacha is that the chalitza is still kosher. That's a chalitza mutas, where you are misguided in regards to a possible profit that you could have had from doing chalitza. Alma, what does the Gemara extract from this b'risa? The Gemara says, Alma, kevan de ovad maisa, because something already happened, because they already did the chalitza, because then maybe, maybe then we should assume that his original concerns were all voided, were all gone. 
You, you told me, you know, a month ago, if you do chalitza, I'll give you 200 zoos. The day comes, he doesn't say boo about it. So we thought that maybe he didn't care about the previous terms and conditions. So, so then the chalitza actually works. That's what Rav Yochanan says is the case. But the Gemara asks about this. If that's true, that really we look back at those initial moments and say, if he didn't bring it up today, then maybe, maybe it doesn't matter anymore. Then how did we learn at the top of the page that this guy who had conditions at the Kedushin, and now by the Bia, he says nothing, that shouldn't... Uh, that, that maybe we should say that they're married now because maybe he doesn't care about the conditions from a year ago. So Hachanami came in Deboah, but once they have Tashmish Hamita, maybe we should say that the initial conditions that this person had have been dissolved and uh, we should say that they're married. How can you be so sure? This is what he's asking to his uncle. This is what he's asking to Rav Achabar Yaakov because Rav Achabar Yaakov said that in this case that ain't uh, a get. So Let's review what the uncle and, and, and the nephew are talking about. The uncle says, if on January 1st of 2021, uh, a man says to a woman, you're married to me on the condition that you have no Nadarm. And on January 1st, 2022, they get married and he doesn't say a word. Do we look back at that Kedushin and say, he no longer cares about the conditions he said at that time because he didn't raise the concern? Is your silence deafening? Or do we say uh, he's still concerned? Which one is it? He hasn't spoken about it in 12 months, so we don't know. So sometimes in parenting, we do this. If a kid asks for something once, we say, uh, let me think about it. And then you patiently wait to see if they ever bring it up again, because you don't know how serious they are about it. And when they ask for the 10th time, when my, when my kids were in seventh grade, they asked for a smartphone. And we said, we'll think about it. And then they asked us every day for like six months until they were one of the last kids left in the class without cell phones. Okay, then we made a cheshmer. Fine. So here, the, uh, the guy said it in January 1st, 2021. I, I, I don't want to marry you if you're going to have any nadarm. But a year later, they got married and he didn't say boo. So that's the Ravacha, Ravacha, which one was this? The first Ravacha? Ravacha, Ravacha Bar Yaakov said that that's not called, that that is not called a Kedushin and there's no get required. But his nephew said, this brisa seems to prove otherwise. Omar Leh, halfway down, Bar Rab. Bar means the son of, Rab of the base medrash. Oh, you who sit and learn, you who sit in the base medrash, you're so learned. Shop your commerce. Are you actually, you think you're actually saying something good? Michli, let's see what's wrong with what you said. Where do we typically learn Tanaim from? This was a, a new piece of information for me. I did not know this. Where do we learn this from? Because by Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruvain, there was a condition. If you come, uh, if you come join us with Klai Yisrael, you can pick the land that you want. And they picked Jordan, what we now call Jordan. They picked Meverly Yarden. So it says the Gemara, that was their condition. And there the Gemara says, There Moshe made the deal, but the Shlichus was able to be done through Yehoshua. But but our case, like the Chalitza, which cannot be done by another person, you can't send a Shliach for, uh, for Chalitza. So then, lo Says the Gemara, but wait one second. We saw We know that Bia, of course, from a from a, a husband to a wife, that's only direct contact. We don't allow for shlichus, obviously, when it comes to tashmishamita. Yet there, the kahavetna in regards to the um, in regards to the case with the father, where uh, we said that, hey, hold on one second. He says, I'll marry you as long as your father approves. There, that worked. Why? Because there, says the Gemara, that's different. There, that's because this is a method of getting engaged. It's a method of getting married to start with the Tash So it's a little bit different than um, than the world of Tnaim that we would have learned from that we would have learned from uh, from Bnei Gad and Bnei Rubin. 
Did you have a question, Michael? No, no. I was just moving around. Oh, okay. I thought you said something. Okay. <clears throat> the Gemara then says two thirds of the way down. Amar Rav Ula Bar Abba, Amar Ula. So this is Rav Ula Bar Abba in the name of Ula. It seems to be a student and a teacher who had the same first name. Ula, the great Ula that we refer to as Ula, we don't even refer to yeah. as Rav, but his Talmud's name was Rav Ula. Uh, funny, fascinating. We do this with Abaye, we do this with Rava, Rabba. There are so many Amoraim that we are. Uh, I, I did this to Rav Huna by accident last week. For those of you who recall, I called him Huna, like the Gemara did. That was not nice of me. It's it's rare. I don't even know how this played out. How does that even work? Do we have? So... But do we have that in our culture? Like anyone who's referred to? Uh, I don't think we have. We do by Hasidic Rebbe's, but that's they get a title. Right. But the ones in the Gemara, the Rav, the Shmuel, I mean, these are the top of the back. Correct. So, Uniquely, I think that's is it Rav. only in Amorim? Are there any? I think it's only Amorim. No. Ula, Rabba. Oh, Hillel, you're right. Hillel, Shammai. Shumchus, Tana, right? Maybe it's that we learned a Gemara in Shas that says a Chacham is a higher level than a Talmud Chacham. So it could be that there is That's a distinction exactly between the Okay. I didn't mean to make a stink out of it, but it is interesting that the Rebbe is called Ula and the Talmud is called yeah. Rav Ula. Anyways, what does he say in the name of Rebbe Lazar? Rebbe Lazar, Mekadesh Bemalde Uba'al. Wow, this is a fascinating case. So here's the deal. A man uh, lends money to a woman. And instead of her paying him back, he says, keep the money and we'll use that as the money for Kedushin. Would you marry me? And she says, sure, I like you. Let's get married. So she doesn't pay the debt. And now halachically, they're married. That's one case. That's our case where they make conditions and then they're married. Or this is a unique case where the Kedushin inherently, this is the Pachos Mishava Pruta. Harad Mekudeshesli, the Coca Cola tab, the zoo, Kedas Moshe Israel. It's Pachos Mishava Pruta, but then they have Tash Mishamita. They're also. They're also married. In all of these cases, says the Gemara, these are cases where a get is required. Amar of Yosef bar Abba, Amar of Menachem, Amar of Yami, Amakadish Papachos Mishava Prutoval. In a case where someone gives an item that's less than a couple of cents, and then the couple is intimate, Tzricha Hemenu get. There, yes, they do need a get because Beha, who the low type, because everybody knows what's happening there, because everybody knows that you can't get married with less than a Shava Pruta. So if you have a couple where a man says, Harad Mikudeshasli with this uh, tiny little piece of paper with the tab of a Coke can, and she accepts it, and then they're intimate. It wasn't the Kedushin that got them married. It was the Tash Mishamita that got them married because Ein Adam because a couple is never intimate. That first time that they're intimate is not Stam. It's usually L'Shem Kedushin. But in the other cases, there may well be mistakes and that does not have the same halacha. And there, um, uh, and there, there may not be a get. Okay, so that's what the Gemara says here. That case that we just mentioned a minute ago, that if a person gets married based on a condition, and the condition is not met, but they're together. This actually took place. And the Chachamim couldn't come to terms with an agreement of how to break off this marriage other than by giving a get. And this is La'afuke to exclude the following We see a Brisa that's quoted by uh, We've learned this Brisa probably seven or eight times in Shas, maybe more. 
If she wasn't forced, then she's asura, anispasa. But if she is forced, then muteris. And there's a middle of the road case. There's another case as well. For even though she wasn't forced, then she still would be mutter to her original husband. What is this case? If in fact there is a kedushin, where the whole Kedushin was a toast. And here's the crazy part. Even if she got pregnant and had a child, and literally the child is riding on her shoulders, meaning they've obviously lived a, in a marriage format. They've had a child together. Doesn't matter. Turning to the top of Ayin Dalad and Beis, when the Kedushin is a Kedushin toos, bye-bye, I am out of here because you're not halachically married. And these are a lot of the kulas that the that the poskim will use in regards to cases of aguna. Uh, they'll try to undo the marriage. They'll look at the ksuba. They'll find out that one of the edim on the ksuba was, uh, or really the edik kedushin more than the ksuba. They'll find out that one of the edik kedushin wasn't so from. He was a machal shabbos, and somebody witnessed him. So then the kedushin is uprooted. I'm afraid they were never married. You can have five, six, ten, hundred kids. Doesn't matter. You're not married. So that's what the gemara says over here. Top line. Ayin dalad The gemara says. Short plot. We're going to stop. Um, where are we going to stop? At the top of Ayin Hamadal, the Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan, We had spoken about a concern in our Mishnah about a woman who a husband said to her, I'll only marry you if you have no Nadarim. So, what if she then goes to a Chacham and says, uh, I want to be Mater Nedr? And he says, Mutterlach, Mutterlach, Mutterlach. The Halacha is Mekudeshes, then they're married. It's a rofe if she has a mum, because that's also what we spoke about in our Mishnah. If she has a mum and he says, that you have no mumin. And she really does, but she accepts the gift. And then she goes to the doctor and they give her an antibiotic and her medical problems are, are all solved. It's a rofe v'ripeosa eina mekudeshes. So says the Gemara, why would we make such a distinction? Why do we say that if a woman is matir neder in Bezdin, then... She, she solved the problem with her condition, and therefore they should be married. Yet when it comes to her medical issues that she solved, that was a condition of their marriage. Why would she not be married? So this is a strange distinction. Ma ben chacham lerofe. Why is it that when it comes to being mater neder, we say that her kedushin is chal, but when she solves the problem of her refua, then she is not married. Says the Gemara, chacham oker es neder me'ikaro. It's the godless of Torah. It's uh, tshuva in the month of Elul. We can undo these things as though they've never existed. Retroactively, she was never the woman who had a neder once they are matir neder in Bezdin. Very powerful. The rofe, but when it comes to the doctor, the doctor thing is, yes, it's spiritual in a way because we can only, we only have rishus to go to a doctor based on the Gemara Babakama, the rapo yirapeh, nitan rishus lerofe lerape. It's not such a pasha thing that we should rely on uh, uh, on anything other than a Kodesh Baruch So when we go to a doctor, that's uh, that's behashkafa, behalacha, that's a sugya and shas. That's not stam, that, that we should just go to the doctor. It is now, but without learning the sugya, it's not so simple. That's what the Gemara says. Uh, in uh, in Baba Kama and in other places as well. I think we learned it here. We learned it somewhere. We learned it. Yeah, it came up somewhere. I can't remember where. Anyways, so the Gemara says that when it comes to Virapo, Virofe, Enum Rape, Elamikanu Lahaba, is that when a woman gets healed, so then she's only healed right now. We have this in halachic terms in regards to Brismila. So we have a din that a person, a baby who's sick, a baby who's sick, uh, if he has a systemic illness, then we have to wait a full 
seven days of 24 hours when the baby's healed. We have to wait seven full days. So if the baby gets healed on day 30 at 2 p.m., the brisk cannot be until day 37 after 2 p.m., whatever the healing time is. Just had this Shiloh. It was a very uncomfortable Shiloh. This baby was sick. I got a sock from Rabbi First. The brisk should be pushed off. The father of the baby, very bright guy, learned. His rub is like off the reservation, hashkafically, also a bright guy. He says, uh, that's not how we paskin. It's what he said. The father came to me with a psak of outside of the orthodox responsa. And I, I'm the moa. <laughs> so like, I, I was like very stuck. I first said, you cannot do the bris. And the father, the baby says, I'm only doing the bris now. If it's not, if it's not you, then we're going to use another moa. I'm like, you're going to have the same problem with other moas too, because all the orthodox moas are going to. What's the wash? I mean, in other words. Not only that, it might be us. Uh, so I said, I said to him, can I tell you? So he said, he said to me, he's like, you have your rub and I have my rub. So I said, I'm telling you, right. I called her right first. I said, how should I navigate this? Rabbi first said, you should tell him that there are no post -kim. There are no post who are matir such a bris. So I did. So I spoke to her by first. Just want to let you know. Uh, he said that he is not aware of any, um, him, any post that allow for such a bris. Rav Moshe, Rav Zalman, you name it. This guy says, yeah, but my Rebbe says it's fine. I said to my first guy, asking me a Shiloh. What am I supposed to do? He told me to do the bris. Yeah. I don't get it. Anyways, the Gemara says, Tanya, hold on one second. How can you say this distinction? We have another Brisa that says that Eitzel Chacham Vihitira and Eitzel Rofi Viripio. So both of them are the same. Forget about the distinctions between being Matir Neder and it's like Meikara never existed and Rufua that it's only Mikanulah. But forget that. It should be Enemikudeshis across the board, says the Gemara. And this little sugya will bring us to the end of the day. Omar Rava. And there's a, a slight correction over here that it might be Raba says the Gemara Amar Raba Lo Kasha Harav Meir Ha Rebbe Lazar two different sheets in the Brisa Harav Meir Rav Meir is of the opinion to Amar Adam wrote Shetispaze Ishto Bebezdin. The sheet of Rebbe uh, Rebbe Meir is that he is comfortable with his wife's discomfort and going to be matur neder. It's uncomfortable. Sometimes you have to be mater neder for things that are uncomfortable. You make a neder that's very personal and you want to go to Bezdin and be mater neder. They say, what's the neder? You're like, ah, and you have a weird neder. It's just uncomfortable. So the, according to the sheet of Rav Meir, Rav Meir, Rav Meir was of the opinion that it's okay that she has to go to Bezdin, even if it's uncomfortable. And therefore, we would say that she's Mikudeshas if she is Matir Neder. Mashainkin Haribelazar, halfway down on Ayindal and Mabez, he says to Amar He is not comfortable. He never wants her to be uncomfortable like that to go to Bezdin. And therefore, it was never in his mind when he was saying Harad Mikudeshasli that she'd have to be Matir Neder. And therefore, he holds that in regards to the case of, uh, of a woman being Matir Neder, that it's Aina Mikudeshas. Mahi, what is the source that brings us the clarity on this uh, answer of Harib Meir and Ha? Uh, Rebbe Lazar says the Gemara, a little bit of a long brisa, and it's a little choppy. You'll see in the Gemara, there's a quote here. We're not exactly sure about the flow of the Mishnah, but we'll read it as we have it presented here, including the parentheses. It's not in the Mishnah writes. A person who divorces his wife because of an issue of Nadarim, he should not remarry her. If it's because of Moti Shemra, even if the uh, the rumor was cleared up, they should not remarry. That's Tanakama. 
Rabbi Huda, we're not we're not looking for the sheet to eat it. We're looking for a mayor and Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Huda Omer, call neder sheyedu borabim lo yachzir. If the neder is very public, everybody knows that they were makabel to do X, whatever the case was, then lo yachzir. Lo yadu borabim. If it was a pr- very private neder, then there's no reason to not remarry her. Yachzir. Now we're getting to the shitas that we need. Rav Meir Omer. Rav Meir was of the opinion that they're mikudeshes. He says, "Kol neder Any neder that not every neder needs a chakiras chacham. Every some of them he can do himself. Anything that's chakiras that's chakiras chacham that she has to go to an actual bezin of three. A husband can't be made for these kinds of nedarim. Then lo yachzir. If it's that kind of neder, they shouldn't marry. If she doesn't have to go to a bezin, a tribunal of three, and, he, and the husband can be made for neder on his own, so then says the Gemara yachzir. And the parentheses reads four lines from the bottom. Rabbi Lazar Omer, echad tzarech vechad enot tzarech, lo yachzir, no matter what. Rabbi Lazar says, I don't want my wife in Bezdin doing that. I don't want her doing that. It was never what I had in mind. And this is where we see the chakir between Rav Meir and Rabbi Lazar. Rav Meir was of the opinion that, yes, sometimes a woman has to go to Bezdin. I'm okay with that. Therefore, if she goes to Bezdin, they're mikudeshas. Masha'enkin, according to Rabbi Lazar, he's never okay with that. That's why he says over here that echad, whether or not she has to go to Bezdin, I'm not doing that. That's not what I that's not what I want my wife doing. And therefore, even if she does it, they're ain't a mikudeshas. And Amr Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar says, Lo asru This is a bit, a very convoluted line, uh, but in short, what it basically means is, I don't want my wife in Bezdin. You can see the Rishonim here uh, that explain this line, a bit of a difficult line. And lastly, my taima de Rabbi Huda. What was the reason for the Shita of Rabbi Huda? We saw in the middle of this Mishnah, which is about a little bit more than halfway down on the page, that Rabbi Huda was of the opinion that if there's a nether of the Rabbim, then he cannot remarry this wife. But if it was a nether of a private if it was a private nether, then he can remarry. What's the reason? Why? Because the Pasuk says, in regards to the Givonim, So this is a Pasuk in Sefer Yehoshua. These people pretended to be a different people, and then they made a nether. The Jewish people, they made a pact with the Givonim that if X, Y, and Z, then we won't kill you. And because it was a nether in Rabbim, they weren't able to backtrack from it. So even though they really deserve to be killed. So that's why we learn from we learn from over here that you cannot backtrack from a uh, from a nether, the Kamarabim, what is considered the number of people for whom a nether is considered public? The Kamarabim, Rav Nachm Shlosha, a simple three. Yamim is Shnaim, and Rabim is Shlosha. So that's going to how we get to the number three. Rabbi Yitzchakamarasara, because Ada Ksiv Behu, because you know the famous word Ada, we use this for Minyan. We'll stop right here. Your Sashem will pick up tomorrow night with Daf Ayin Hey. Uh, wishing you all a beautiful night. Just some technical notes for uh, this coming week, which is Rosh Hashanah. Sunday, we're not going to, I don't know what we're, exactly what we're going to do, but we're likely to learn an extra day, either Friday morning or Sunday morning to compensate for Sunday not learning because Rosh Hashanah and everything. But we'll figure all of that out, hopefully. I may even want to go ahead a day on Rosh Hashanah to de-stress Rosh Hashanah itself. I'll let you know. Some of these blot might not be too hard. I'll keep you posted. Have a great night. You have decided to